Anya DeFranco, who will be here in Lawrence Monday, September 29th at Liberty Hall to promote her new album, Red Letter Year. Thank you very much for joining us here at Lawrence.com. Yeah, my pleasure. Hi. Hello. Well, first of all, let's talk about the new album. It's sort of non-traditional for you in that it took you about two years to make it. You're kind of known for cranking out albums uh, in rapid succession. Why the lengthier process this time around? Um, well, I cranked out a baby. <laughs> um, between the last album and this one. So um, she slows down the process a little bit, um, which is great uh, for me. I mean, I, uh, as you say, I've been known to uh, make albums very quickly, a lot, a lot of albums. And um, I think that uh, having to, you know, take more time away from the process to hang out with the kid and um, really helped uh, the, uh, the, the new record uh, in the end, you know, just sort of the more time and perspective infused into the process. And it was recorded in New Orleans, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, part of it was recorded in uh, Monroe, Louisiana. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, all, all down in Louisiana, my new home. Hey, uh, what, uh, what do you think that recording in Louisiana added to the, forgive the horrible cliche, gumbo of the record-making yeah. process? Um, well, I mean, uh, I think it's, I think what what it added is all the people that um that are down there that that um I'm hanging out with and uh that ha- made their way onto the record and you know they're they're the biggest parts um probably top of the heap is my co-producer uh this time out I usually am at the, you know alone at the helm of my records um and this time I, I I shared that responsibility with my partner, Baby Daddy, mm-hmm. um, Mike Napolitano, and he's he's from New Orleans, and um, uh, the just the whole you know there's, there's a lot more bigger production, a lot more lush, and a lot of uh, uh, guests on the record, and um, I was able to pull it all off thanks to Mike, who's an awesome you know mixer and recorder and and really kind of um had creative input from the beginning of the process this time which was great for me to be able to kind of kick back and be the artist for a change <laughs> well perhaps the process and the uh, the sound of the album is slightly different than what you've done in the past uh, it is still being released on Righteous Babe Records your own label and in the ensuing years since Righteous Babe was formed and you've been doing your thing for so long you got all these Johnny come latelys like Radiohead and Nine Inch Nails uh, trying to do the same thing. Uh, do you feel like they're just jumping on a bandwagon? <laughs> um, well, I think it's cool that you know lots of different people are exploring lots of different ways of being independent. You know, now that the, I mean, they got to jump on something because the major label wagon is you know broken down. <laughs> <laughs> um, the major labels just aren't. Uh, aren't what they used to be as we know the whole sort of music industry is imploding but i got to say it's 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 pretty inherently different to go from 
you know, being a mega superstar with a lot of major label marketing muscle and, uh, you know, behind you and then to go independent than it is to be independent from the beginning. You know, it's a very different road. Um, and uh, But it's cool, you know, a lot of people I, I meet all the time now. Um, there's a lot of people out there, um, you know, sort of doing the independent thing from the beginning like myself and, um, uh, you know, forming their own labels and, and really, um, really trying to keep it close to home and, uh, so it's cool. It's all it's all good, you know, because I think the stranglehold of the major labels, you know, that situation was bound to bound to die. Generally, how has it been for you as an artist having to juggle the business end of things on top of being responsible for the creative output, also having to deal with the sort of distribution and packaging and all of that rigmarole? Um, well, one of the major things with me um, that made Righteous Babe and my whole sort of career, Indie Girl USA, possible was <laughs> um, really good help. Um uh, first and foremost, my sort of my oldest friend and manager, Scott Fisher. He he really built Righteous Babe from the ground up, you know, based on my uh, specs. And um, so, you know, without him, I couldn't possibly have done it myself. I think there's kind of a myth out there that I'm, you know, I you know wake up at 7 a.m. and go into the office and push papers around and make phone calls and balance. <laughs> you know, crunch numbers and then go do a gig or something, yeah. you know, but, um, it's, it's Scott that, that sort of, you know, built Righteous Babe on a day-to-day basis. So, um, you know, he was just a, a key component to my realizing my dream of, you know, an alternative in the music world. And, um, so I really, you know, I empathize for artists like myself who, who have a political, voice guiding them or a, just a, an independent spirit but don't have 
you know, a Scott Fisher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfect segue. Speaking of your political voice, uh, we are kind of in the thick of the Super Bowl slash Mardi Gras politics right now in this country. You were actually at Denver for the Democratic National Convention, were you not? Mm, yeah. And how was how was that experience for you as an artist with such strong political beliefs, like going to this uh, this confluence of you know politicians and celebrities and parties and uh, protests and rides? Like how was how was that for you to be in that milieu? Great. <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. I I really. Um... You know, I sort of, uh, uh, I don't know, I showed up with no expectations, and then I just got, I got happy <laughs> just <laughs> being there, you know? I mean, there were so many cool people in Denver, and, uh, you know, just, just, uh, just everybody sort of really partying on a hope vibe, and, um, you know, just walking around the convention center and p- seeing people of all makes and models out on the street selling their bootleg Obama <laughs> stuff, you know, it was, it was very, very exciting. And, um, I just, you know, I have so much hope and so much anxiety mm-hmm. <laughs> over this, this coming election, but I really feel like, you know, the world's eyes are upon us and, um, you know, uh, and the, you know, we need to, uh, rise to the occasion as voters I think, and, uh, you know, even if we have never participated or voted before, now is the time, you know. So I've been, uh, you know, ever since being in Denver and, and even before then, I've just been sort of stomping around saying, uh, everybody registered? <laughs> <laughs> everybody ready? You know, because I think it's a very, very important time. You are kind of a unabashed Dennis Kucinich supporter. He obviously did not secure the nomination, but even though your candidate did not end up on the ticket, um, do you still feel, obviously you do still feel uh, very active and engaged in this election? Yeah, well, I think Barack Obama is a really cool guy, and I think he would make an awesome president, you know? I mean, um, I am somewhat further left uh, than Barack, but I'm somewhat further left than most. And... um Really, all that I hope for in a president is a, is a thoughtful, engaged person, you know, who's, who's got their ear to the ground and, um, and, you know, a, a brain in their head. And, um, you know, Barack, I feel is that, you know, even on the, the points in which I differ from him or, um, I, that I wish he was, you know, more, Staunch uh, uh, in his progressiveness, I I feel like he he is a person who will listen and who who can change and grow and and I I just I believe in him. I, I, he seems to me like somebody who could be my friend. You know, here's a guy who got out of law school and started doing public interest work, and um, you know, he just uh, when he speaks, I want to listen. You know, and that's just a, a palpable difference. Um, between you know uh, that distinguishes him from almost any other politician out there in that mainstream way, except for Dennis and a few others. So uh, Barack Obama passes the "I would like to have a beer with this candidate" test for yeah. you. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I would like to have a beer with this guy. 
<laughs> and I'd even like it more if he was president. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome, kicking back in the Oval Office, cracking yeah, open a few brews. A presidential beer, please. <laughs> Whether you've sought it or not, you have earned the mantle of uh, quote-unquote feminist icon. And being such, uh, I'm sure you're obviously thrilled that Sarah Palin is on the Republican ticket. Because it's, it's so awesome that she is literally a 72-year-old heartbeat away from the presidency. Isn't, isn't, that, isn't that great progress for the feminist movement? Yeah, let me think. Uh, no. <laughs> um, as, a, as a feminist... I I am way not into Margaret Thatcher. I'm way, way not into Condoleezza Rice. And I'm not into Sarah Palin. You know, um, uh, feminism and progressive, uh, you know, whatever, humanism, um, it has so much more to do with, uh, it's just got nothing to do with what's in your pants, really. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, the fact that, there, you know, that the Republicans have craftily put a woman uh, on their ticket does not, uh, it, it's not exciting to me at all. I find it, you know, very strategic and, and um, I really hope that, you know, that the American people, that the feminists of America are, are smart enough to, to see through that ruse and realize that she is, you know, she is incredibly, you know, she's anti-choice. She is as conservative and and blinded and clouded in her thinking as any of the Bush Bushites, and um, you know she just she and uh, McCain represent more of the same, 
And that's the last thing we need in this country or this world. And this might be a, a sappy, cliched question, but now that you are a mother, do you feel even more, if it's possible for you to be even more engaged in politics, uh, do you feel that there's an even greater sense of urgency in this election? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I've always been just about as engaged as I could be. And um, uh, in fact, you know, I think that uh, as a mom now, I, I have a... Um, a foil that I never used to have, you know. I have, I have a place to go uh, um, that is that is apolitical. <laughs> that is simply, you know. I mean, it's uh, you know to have a to have a baby in the house is a, is a wonderful alternative to the nightly news, you know, <laughs> and um, you know, sort of an, an opportunity for me to slow down and just appreciate the little things in life. So, you know, I she's she's kind of my uh she's kind of my escape <laughs> from <laughs> from this, you know, endless hamster wheel of 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 activism. <laughs> um and I imagine another uh escape is performing live. What are you hoping for for this upcoming tour? Is there going to be anything markedly different this time around than what you have been doing? Well, I'm out with my killer band that uh, is all over the Red Letter Year record, and um, I'm really excited just to be back out with them and playing music with them. It's um, a great new scene I got going on. So, um, uh, yeah, we're just we're just kind of you know making it up as we go <laughs> along. And you are performing at Stubbs Barbecue tonight, right? Yeah, that's right. Oh. Outside in the dust. Yes. Are you a vegetarian? No, I'm not. Oh, so you should have some of the barbecue while you're there. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm, I have a feeling I will before the night's over. <laughs> you would be remiss, I think, if you did not. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything that you would like to say to the concert goers here in Lawrence about your upcoming performance Monday, September 29th at Liberty Hall? Um... No, just uh, look forward to being there <laughs> and seeing you. Well, Ani DeFranco, thank you again very much for joining us here at Lawrence.com. Right. Thank you, Gavin. The glory of the atom begs a reverent word. The primary design of the whole universe. Yeah, let us sing its praises Let us bow our heads in prayer At the magnificent consciousness incarnate there The smallest unit of matter With its orbiting electrons Echoing off the solar system Like a hawk in the hills at dawn The smallest unit
Consciousness incarnate there. 